Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Jatillo Coster. We have another guest on the show today, Whitney Zimmerman, founder of Wild Hive Studio, a packaging and brand design studio that artfully curates strategic brands for ambitious e-commerce businesses so they can stand out with confidence, connect with their customers, and generate buzz around their brand. I loved this conversation with Whitney, and in it, we talk a lot about word of mouth advertising and how it's not dead in 2022 and how your packaging can actually help accelerate that. After we stopped recording, I mentioned how I was going to run to Starbucks to get a pistachio latte, and she asked me, oh, how have you had it yet? What did you think? I've been thinking about it, but I haven't quite taken the jump yet. And after a little bit of conversation about how delicious I think they are, she said, you know what? I'm convinced. I think I'm going to go try it, which is the perfect example of word of mouth advertising. Okay. Let's hop into the episode. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be joining you today. I'm super excited to talk design and packaging because I know we all love pretty things. And typically I will tell my audience that pretty doesn't equal profit because I don't want them to get caught up in the weeds of everything in the background. But when we are talking about product packaging, obviously it matters because it's like the only thing you have (laughs) to sell and get someone's interest. So I'm really excited to chat about all of that with you. But before we get there, while I did already introduce you, I would love to know in your words, why we should listen to anything you have to say today. I am the owner of Wildhead Studio. So I specialize in branding and packaging design for e-commerce businesses, especially strategic design, which, you know, I love what you just said that pretty doesn't always equal profit. And that is what strategy helps you achieve. It helps you create something that's beautiful and that brings in that amazing return on investment. And I've started my business after about eight years of industry experience working for various corporate retail companies before embarking on my own business. So I'm having a lot of big business knowledge to bring on a personal level to a lot of smaller businesses out there. Awesome. I love that so much. And I want to just key in on the fact that this is strategic. Like there's a very specific process and a purpose behind everything that you do. And I know that you have sort of this three pillar kind of framework that you use. So can we talk a little bit more about that? Like what are those three pillars? And then we can kind of dive into each of them. So the three pillars of packaging design is I like to break it down into first, you want your packaging design to be memorable. So that means that you're getting noticed. 
in the midst of all of your industry competitors. Then second, you know, once you've gotten the attention of your customers, they've made a purchase, you really want your packaging to create an emotional experience so that your customers connect with your brand and with your products on a deeper level. And then last of all, this third part is making your packaging and your product shareable. So you've gotten them to purchase, they feel connected to your brand. Now you just need to inspire them to go share your product on social media, or as I like to say, with their friends, family, and their followers, because that's ultimately going to expand your reach and lead to those free word of mouth referrals. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So memorable, emotional, and shareable. So let's talk about the memorable part. Like how do you approach creating memorable packaging? So this is really where that strategic part comes in. So strategic and memorable packaging really starts with your brand identity. So before creating your brand identity, which is going to consist of your logos, your fonts, your colors, all of the visual elements, You need to take a deep look at your competitors. So you're up against what their products look like. You would need to get a deep understanding of who your ideal audience is. So what type of people really need your product and really vibe with what your brand stands for. And then to have a deep understanding of your own brand. So your brand's personality, values, mission, vision, all that good stuff. So that's the information that our studio then takes and builds a brand identity off of. And then we start translating that onto your packaging to create something that was literally designed to help you stand out. So I love that you're talking about not only what is going to attract your ideal customer, but also what matters to your brand and what your brand stands for the mission, the values, like it's not one or the other, you have to do both. And I know a lot of times we think more about ourselves and what we like versus who is that end consumer and what's going to resonate with them. And anytime I talk about this, I use the example of my own brand, e-commerce badassery. If it were up to me, I would have just done it in all black and white because I basically live my life in black and white. But I knew that I wanted to attract a female entrepreneur. And so while black and white is really pretty, it doesn't always catch the eye of the person I was trying to reach. So that's where my like cement color comes in. So you guys listening to this, you know what my brand looks like. That cement color, while I love it, it was very intentional. I needed something that was going to be a little bit more feminine without being pink, but still have a little bit of that grit to it, which is kind of like that message behind my brand, like just being scrappy and getting it done. So when you're thinking about this for your own brand, you know, you want it to have a little bit of you and obviously your brand and all of that, but don't forget about the person that you are ultimately serving. That's the short story of my very long-winded way (laughs) of explaining that to you. (laughs) I mean, it's so important. It's about your customers, about who's going to be ultimately spending money on your product at the end of the day. Yeah. And this is especially true if you have a physical product that you plan on selling in someone else's store. Like your packaging is the only thing you really have to catch their attention. So this is super important. 
And even if you're only an e-commerce business, you're going to have pictures of your product and your packaging, and that's all you have. And that's going to be like the basis for all the content that you create. So you definitely want to make sure that you have that memorable piece. So let's talk about the emotional stuff. And when I talk to people about selling, I remind them that people buy with emotion and justify with logic. So talk to us about how do you tap into that when it comes to packaging design? So this again comes back to that brand strategy that we would have established at the very beginning. Like you came up with a really clear you know, customer profile of who is actually buying or who is most likely to buy your product. So you know, the age range, if they're male or female or where they hang out or what they like to do, where they make their purchasing decisions. And by understanding who those people are, you can then create something that speaks to them on a personal level. For example, you know, a lot of people want their packaging to feel special. And so you kind of know, are they a girly girl? Are they really sporty? You know, what age are they? That all factors into which design decisions you're going to be making. And then as you dive into the packaging itself, so like the words that are written on the product box or how you want them to feel when they receive their package on their doorstep and open it to reveal what's inside. That's all like great real estate to include messaging, like encouraging messages or to talk about what your brand stands for. Like I've seen a lot of brands who focus on like sustainability or ethically sourcing their ingredients, things like that. They are really verbal about it. They like to talk about it because they know they have a really passionate group of consumers out there who buy stuff because of those values. There's a lot of different ways you can connect with your consumers on an emotional level using your packaging. Got it. Okay. So do you have some examples that you can give us? Is it the colors? Is it the fonts? Is it other ways that you're sort of engaging the senses? How do you kind of create a sensory experience? What does that look like when you're approaching this? So in the luxury space, for example, or for skincare, you see this a lot. You want it to feel really luxurious and memorable. It's fancy, kind of fancy and feels really (laughs) special because you're paying more for it in a lot of cases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's partially where you spend more on materials. So you're going to want like a nice sturdy box or something that has like a soft feeling to it. You're going to want quality like paper inserts or tissue paper or ribbons all those delicate materials that helps you create that sensory experience. But then also if we're talking about any brand in general, I would say like a thank you card or some sort of handwritten note goes a really long way, no matter what industry you're in to show your customer appreciation or connecting with your customers by having an insert that shares out your values and what you stand for or by having, you know, a promotional insert that shows customer appreciation, like, oh, thank you so much for your purchase. Next time it's on me or make sure to give us your birthday so we can send you a free gift or things like that. There's a lot of really clever and creative ways you can incorporate your packaging into your marketing to turn it into this effective tool that turns first-time buyers into repeat customers. Yeah, so important. Like that first sale is the hardest one to get. And then the second sale is still kind of hard. But once you get like the third and the fourth, it becomes easier and easier. And that customer becomes 
more profitable with every new purchase that they make. So if you can really create a great first impression and make them feel like you actually give a shit about them from the very (laughs) beginning, like you're going to be in a position to win. And it was actually in episode 99 of the podcast, Brian Burke talked about his growth and he said, no matter how big I get, I treat my customers exactly the same way as I did when I was just getting started. And yes, it can be hard to do that at scale, but there are tools to help you do that. But like, don't lose that. Even when you do get big, don't lose the thing that brought people to you in the first place, which was that you were small. That's what you have over those big corporate companies. That's what really makes you special. So all of those personal touches go a really long way. So let's talk about the shareable aspect, because one of the number one things people ask me is, how do I get more customers? (laughs) One of the ways is you need people to be talking about you and referring you like word of mouth is not dead. Yes, it's 2022, but word of mouth is still a thing. And one of the ways that you can do that is through shareable packaging. So what does this mean to you and how do you approach this as well? Word of mouth referrals, like you're, we're seeing a spike of people becoming micro-influencers and using social media as a platform to bring in their own income by sharing other people's products. And a lot of the ways people get started in this business is just by sharing products for free and starting to build a reputation and an audience that cares about their opinion. So there are so, so many aspiring influencers out there who are sharing every product they buy, whether that's on TikTok or Instagram, and that can easily lead into hundreds and thousands of people just to see and get exposure to your brand and build brand awareness for you. So one way you can use packaging to achieve this goal is by including some sort of call to action. So this could be on the box itself, on an additional paper insert, but it's all about, you know, sharing where you are at. So your social media, your website, things like that, and then giving them a clear path to engage with you, like giving them a branded hashtag and say, Hey, go share this product with our branded hashtag for a chance to be featured on our Instagram page. Cause then you'll reshare what they said about your product or tag us in your Instagram stories or on TikTok when you share a product so we can feature you or do like a TikTok duet video with you, things like that. I've seen people do QR codes where you can scan a QR code and it'll send them directly to the product page where they can leave a really awesome review for your product. It's all about creating a very clear next step for this happy customer in this moment of feeling really special and really loving your product and loving everything about how they received it and opened it and used it to then channel all of that excitement they're feeling into taking action that's ultimately going to benefit your business and keep bringing in more people just like that. Yeah. So, so important. A couple of things that I want to touch on here is one, I like to say, you need to tell them what to do. Like, what is it that you expect them to do? I know that most of us, especially if we're entrepreneurs, we don't like being told what to do, but in most cases, your customer probably does, or they're not even going to think about it unless you mention it, or it's just going to spark that idea to say like, oh yeah, you know what? There is someone I know who I think will like this. Let me go tell them about it because we're just like 
too busy, right? Like we're just not paying that close of attention to you. So if you can just give us like that little nudge, then we're going to be more likely to do it. Now, if you're just getting started doing this, I want to set your expectations a little bit. This is not going to revolutionize your business overnight. You're playing the long game friend. So don't go put an insert and be like, oh, nobody shared my stuff. Like it's going to take a little bit of time. So I don't want you to get discouraged and stop trying. Want to set the stage there and think about your own experience as the consumer. Like what gets you to share with your friends and family? What gets you to take a picture of what you just bought and share it on social media? There's a brand that she's a previous client that I bought from her. And there's actually two brands that do this somewhat similarly. And they have like this little insert and it just has like a little inspirational quote on it. And they both have potty mouths. So, you know, I love that when I open that and that encourages me to take a picture, share it on stories. Look at how cute this is. Look what I just got. Versus if it were just like, hey, here's your piece of jewelry in a plastic bag. Like, sweet. Okay. And it doesn't mean that you have to go all out from the very beginning by any means. Like I have another client who I had gotten something from her and the bubble wrapper that it was in was palm trees. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. I took a freaking picture of it and shared it. So it doesn't have to be everything. I don't want you guys to feel like you have to go out and spend a ton of money on all the best stuff. Like when you're just starting out, when you're figuring things out, but as you grow, And if you guys are already there, then that might be the time that you want to invest. So I'd love to kind of get from your perspective, like when is the right time for a brand to go out and invest in custom packaging and that kind of thing? Like if you're on the smaller scale or, you know, in those newer beginning stages of business, you know, I like what you said where you don't have to go all out, but I do think no matter what stage of business you are in, do something, just take some little step, even if it's just like you're buying some pre-designed poly mailer bags, just do something that helps create this experience that is a little bit more memorable. Like you remembered the palm trees on the bag, that's all (laughs) they did. And you remembered it. So it's like, do something, take that step, do something that's at least going to help your product stick out in the minds of your consumers. But if you are a little bit more of a seasoned business owner, you're bringing in decent amount of sales, you're ready to kind of see that next stage of your business. I would say the signs are going to be that you may be seeing a dip in sales because I've seen plenty of clients who they did really well starting out. And sometimes they have really well-designed packaging starting out. And sometimes they didn't have any packaging at all. But the key difference was that neither of those brands had strategic packaging design. And so after a while, it was just momentum. And they saw that dip in sales. They saw that they were getting a lot of first-time buyers, but not a lot of repeat buyers. Nobody online was talking about their products. They surveyed their audience and they felt like there was no connection where they couldn't even get people to take the survey because people weren't feeling connected with their brand. Those are all really strong signs that it's time to switch things up, not only visually, but also behind the scenes with your strategy and how you're approaching the visual presentation of your products and presenting yourself as a brand. Got it. I've been waiting. This is so terrible as a podcast host or anyone having a conversation. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just waiting for her to stop talking because I have this very specific thing I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) But 
the survey and not being able to get your customers to take a survey and the way you just worded it is like, they're not feeling the connection. Cause let me tell you something, people love to tell you what they think. I never thought about it that way until you said it, but oh my gosh. Yeah. So true because people just love to give their opinion and you don't even have to give them anything in exchange to do that. Right. They want to give it to you even when you're not asking for it. (laughs) So that is a really good sign that if your audience is not engaging with you that way and they are not giving you that feedback that you're asking for, there is probably some sort of emotional disconnect happening there. And so maybe packaging is one of the ways that you can make that better with them. So that's a really, really great point. I would love to know for you, when someone does come to you and they're like, all right, Whitney, I'm ready. What's kind of the first thing that you do? Let's assume that they've already been in business for a while. Like, are you just going off of what they already have and what they have been doing? Or are you kind of starting that process over with them? We're definitely starting the process over because a lot of people, and I mean, I do this myself when I seek outside help and want to outsource something, we all have a tendency to self-diagnose our problems. Like we can only see things in a certain view. Like we really can. And we're kind of stuck inside that view. Like we're convinced that this thing over here is the number one problem in our business, but sometimes it is not, or sometimes it's a lot of little things like building up over time. So we completely take a new look at your business. We bring in those fresh eyes to revisit who are your competitors? Are there new competitors and businesses that have popped up in your industry? What do you think you stand for versus what you're actually communicating to your audience? Because we see that a lot too. There's a disconnect between like, oh, yeah, we are really eco-friendly. It's like, well, how do you show that to your audience? Like, oh, we don't really know. We just talk about it sometimes. It's like, you got to show your audience that you stand for that. So we do a complete overhaul at the strategy portion, and then we assess what actions design-wise need to be taken from there. Sometimes it's small changes to like the brand identity, and then we can do packaging. Sometimes we have to completely redo the brand identity, or there never really was a brand identity. It was just kind of like the color of the month is what they were doing. Yeah, that's very similar to actually how I approach email. And this is good for you guys, whether you are hiring something out or you're doing something yourself in-house, like doesn't really matter. The process is really the same. Like you have to just remove yourself from what you have been doing and see it from the outside. This is why so many of us struggle to do shit for ourselves is because we are just too close. Like I always joke, I'm an email marketer with really crappy email marketing for my own business because I just overthink it and I end up doing nothing versus someone else. I can see it all so clearly. (laughs) And that's like with everything in your business. And I know you're nodding as you're listening right now. I know you are because it's true. And we know this because we do it too. So try and remove yourself from it and look at it from the customer's perspective and see if what you are putting out there matches what you think you're putting out there. And how is that going to be received or perceived by your ideal customer? It's not easy, which is why there's people like Whitney that you can just hire to do it for you. (laughs) But if you're not ready to do that, 
just put yourself through the paces a little bit and see what you can come up with. The eco-friendly one is a really great example because if you're going to be an eco-friendly brand, but then your packaging is not eco-friendly, well, then that doesn't really match up with your brand ethos and doesn't really make sense. So think about that thread and how it goes through like all of the decisions that you make inside of your business, your packaging definitely being one of them. And honestly, like if you are in the beginning stages of your business and you don't think you're anywhere near being able to invest in packaging, like you can pay a designer, you know, like myself to do an audit of your business to just get a fresh perspective. I've seen a lot of people do this. It's a great fit for people who don't feel like they can invest in a coach just yet or can't invest in the actual outsourcing of any aspect of their business. Like just invest a small amount to get an outsider's professional opinion about what you're doing just so you can see the things that you might be missing. Yeah, that's great, great point. I just did that. Like I'm not ready to take on a full-time OBM, but I hired one for a month. She offers a 30-day package. And so we're kind of going through all of that high-level stuff. Some of it she's going to execute for me along the way. And then she'll leave me with a to-do list and like, here's the direction. Here's what you want to focus on. And it just helped clear the cobwebs because in your own business, you're just like, constantly spinning all the time. And it's similar to what I do. So you can hire me to just do an audit of your email marketing. And then I leave you with a prioritized action list, or you can get on a strategy call. It's just like one hour to just like pick my brain and get my eyes on your business. So that's a really good way to get started. And I think Winnie, don't you also have like half DIY, half customized brand options too? Yes, I do. So it's kind of a hybrid between what you can find, like for the beginner businesses. So there's places like Fiverr and Creative Market where you can get pre-designed logos where it's a very impersonal experience. And so I created a shop of brand kits. So the design and the aesthetic is pretty much determined, but there is a one-on-one aspect of building out that brand to include your business name, tagline, all of that good information in this aesthetic that you choose. And then also gear your color palette and everything and like your visuals, at least towards your brand strategy, just to give you like a solid foundation. Because oftentimes when you're like super new in your business, you don't have enough information to go off of to develop a really solid brand strategy. You need to like get your toes wet a little bit, see what type of people are attracted to you, see what type of people benefit the most from your products, things like that. Just get a little real life experience in the business world. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, obviously if you're going to be an e-commerce business, like you need a website and you need to have that created right away. But like in the service space, so many people will tell you, you don't need a website right away because you're going to change it 12 times before you like get to your end goal, which was true for me. I think I'm on like the third iteration of my website and I'm probably going to have to redo it not the whole design, but I'm going to have to redo some of it as my offerings are changing and stuff. So that's a great option when you're kind of not really sure where you're going to go. And I love that you only sell X number of each design. So it's not like you go on Etsy and you buy one of those pre-made things and like everyone has the same logo (laughs) and stuff, like with the watercolor stripe in the back, brush stroke, everyone has those. So 
that's a really great option for you too. Now, what about, let's say you've got somebody who they're doing seven figures, maybe even going into that like multi seven figure. They've had their brand for a while. What is the next step for them? When do you know maybe you just need a little refresh or is that something where it just sort of depends and they need to come to you and have a conversation first? It can depend, but I would say, you know, warning signs for that. Like if you would need a refresh would be, I say, if you are making a shift in your business. So let's say you're a candle company, but then now you want to do like gift boxes that include your candles and a variety of other products. That's a big shift. You're going to be attracting a different type of audience there. So you're probably going to have to revisit your strategy, your brand design, and your packaging design in order to facilitate that change. So if you're going through a change in your business, or again, you feel like you're not connecting with your audience or something has changed for you on your brand values and personality side, it's like usually if you're experiencing some sort of change internally or externally, you're going to want to have things looked at a little bit, kind of like a doctor's visit almost. It's like, Hey, things aren't functioning quite right or how they (laughs) used to. So you go see a doctor, you see what the professional has to say, and then you go from there and see what you get prescribed. Yeah. And sometimes you don't totally know what it is, but something just feels off. Like, I don't know. I don't feel the same. Something feels different. I think another, like it's still a change, but like another trigger might be, Hey, you know what? I've been this e-commerce business. I've been selling other people's products and now I'm going to start doing some of my own stuff. I'm going to do some custom stuff, or I've mostly been direct to consumer. And now I want to go into wholesale because like the packaging for, like I mentioned in the beginning, the packaging for being on someone else's shelves it's so different than if you are just selling it online to people. So when you are designing with someone, are you thinking about that? Are you trying to future-proof them? Do you find a lot of difference between what you would do for a D2C brand versus a wholesale brand? Or do you kind of just approach it the same way? There's definitely a different approach for if you're going to be selling in stores or exclusively online because that's a different range of competitors. So if you're only in the online space, you know, want to be looking at a lot of other like online brands and then some really popular like hotspots where people would go in stores to buy their product. But if you're going to be selling in stores, we want to look at what stores do you think you're going to be selling at? Like what types of stores? Are you like a Walmart product or Whole Foods product? I usually would like to go to those stores, see what's there, take pictures, get some in-person research just to see where your product might be sitting on the shelves. Who is it up against? Especially at a place like Whole Foods, because everything is beautifully designed at Whole Foods. (laughs) So it's like, you've got to go to the next level if you're going to be there. But you know, same thing like Sephora, if you're a beauty product and you want to be in Sephora, you have to really be able to compete with all the other products that not only look good, but look different. Yeah. Like how are you going to catch people's eye on the shelves so that you stand out from everyone else while still being true to your brand and the customer you're trying to serve. It's a tall order. I got tired just saying all that. <laughs> a lot of research goes into that, but it pays off. That's what gets you that really nice return on investment. Yeah. 
Okay. So we've kind of laid the foundation of everything that they should be trying to accomplish, gave them some tips on how they can actually do this, but what are some of the most common mistakes that you see people make? Because maybe they don't even realize that they've made the mistake or that it might be time for a refresh. So what do you see generally people fucking up? (laughs) First of all, not caring about packaging at all. That's a major mistake because we all know the brands. We can picture them in your mind, you know, brands that you see where they look homemade, especially like in any sort of like beauty space where the labeling looks homemade and you want to avoid that in the beauty space because this is something we're going to be putting on our skin, you know, and we're in the food space. It's like, you don't want to necessarily have the DIY look unless you are like an Etsy seller or something where that kind of works in your favor. But then secondly, I mean, there's design mistakes and obviously there's some that are like, I've seen people try and design their own packaging, typically on Canva where maybe the text comes out too small or way too big and it's like way too in their face. The colors aren't printed right because they're not adhering to like Pantone printing standards, which is like a universal color printing standard for all printers across the world, which is how people like exactly color match every single time they get their products printed. But then from a design perspective, when you're designed, it looks good, but it's not strategic. I mean, so many things can be pulled back to that strategic element. I've seen a lot of brands. I've had customers, clients in our past who they already had a really beautiful aesthetic to their brand. It just didn't make sense. It was more to their personal preferences and wasn't necessarily attracting the type of person who would like to buy that product. And so, you know, it worked for a little while, but in the long run, it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah. I love that. And one of the first things that you said was the DIY route. And I talk about this all the time as well, when it comes to anything that someone is going to put in their body or on their skin, they are going to be extra hesitant and they're going to be like, okay, wait, where was this made? Was this made in somebody's kitchen? Is this safe? Am I going to break out from this? Like, that's what I'm thinking when I'm buying something like that. So it is really important that you convey a sense of professionalism. And it's not really the right word, but that you can be trusted, that you're creating an amazing product that is safe to be used because people are weary about shit, rightfully so. And I think you're right. I think on Etsy, that's a little bit different. That's what the consumer is expecting. But if I'm going direct to somebody's website, or if I'm a buyer and I'm considering bringing you into my store, like that's probably not going to fly. So really important things to keep in mind. Okay, Whitney. So normally at the end of these episodes, I always ask people about biggest failures and successes, but we've kind of covered all that already with mistakes and things like that. So we're going to skip those today, but I do want to ask you this. Let's assume that our listeners have tuned out everything that we said today (laughs) and they're only listening to this one part of the episode. What is like the one thing that they should take away from today's episode if they ignore everything else? 
it's got to be these three pillars. Like just when you're looking at your packaging, when you're assessing how your products look, how you present your business, check for the three pillars. Is it memorable? Are you standing out? Is it emotional? Are you forming a connection with your customers? And is it shareable? Are you telling your customers what to do next and how to really participate with you, with your brand and share your product? Amazing. Got that guys? Three pillars, super simple, memorable, emotional, shareable. Love it. All right, Whitney. So let's say they want to learn more about you. Where can they go? How can they work with you? Tell us all of the things. And guys, you already know, I'll put all her links in the show notes as well. So if you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my social media time at the Wild Hive Studio. And then if you'd like to work together or see my past work, you can go to my website, which is wildhivestudio.com, where I actually currently have a freebie right now. So if you go onto my Instagram or my website, you'll be able to access that freebie, but it is a checklist for how to get started with the packaging process and everything you need to know before, during, and after the process to set yourself up for success. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I'll have the link direct to that in the show notes, guys. So don't worry. Also, I just want to say thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I know you could be anywhere on the internet, so I appreciate it when you spend your time with me. Thank you, Whitney, again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.